Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. undoubtedly been a year that no one had expected. Who would have thought that the challenges of this year would literally impact every generation? COVID-19 caused all of us to shut down every business, institutions, even our schools. It brought our healthcare system to a standstill, leaving governments, nations, even the world groping for the answer. It also reminded us of the deep wounds, the sin, and in the incredible division that still exists in our nation and its people. In the midst of all of this, there is still good news. During this Advent season, I want us to look at four common life experiences that test our patience and threaten to take away the joy that really comes with the gospel. We need to be reminded that even though everything around us has been canceled, from indoor gatherings, sporting events, schools, universities. The good news is that Christmas isn't canceled. Christmas reminds us that God is at work even during COVID-19 or any struggle of life that you are facing. And despite these circumstances, Christmas is, and it will never be canceled. still want to say um, a big <laughs> thank you to Nick. That's a pretty cool video. Um, he's going to be busy this year, I can tell, this coming year, just with what God is doing through our media. Amen? <clears throat> so, Christmas isn't canceled. Okay, I'm the only one excited about that. <clears throat> Christmas isn't canceled. How many of you, if I, I know we don't watch the headlines from around the world too much, but how many of you have seen on the news recently, the headlines for the United Kingdom. Christmas is canceled. Uh, COVID has hit in a big time way, just like it continues to spread and have hot spots here in America. COVID has hit the, the European countries pretty devastatingly. And uh, we know it's, it's serious. We know it's real. And in an endeavor to control that, They've canceled all. Now, first of all, let me just say this. We know, spiritually speaking, you cannot cancel Christmas. He's already come. Um, it's, it's like saying the sun cannot rise today. Good luck with that. But here's, here's, what, here's what it means. It means that what you think you're able to do, you're not able to do anymore. Um, it's not about a right issue. It really, for them, it's a safety issue. But think about it for a minute, because it's been the last time they canceled Christmas. Are you ready? 1600s. Now, in the 1600s, when they canceled Christmas, and I know some of you are going to want to go Google and and, uh, fact check all this. Google it later. Just write stuff down now. (laughs) But (laughs) what happens is um, not the Black Plague, as we know the 
Black Plague from the 1300s, but the bubonic plague, or what they call the Black Death, caused from rats, quite honestly. And the infestation of rats in England had gotten so overwhelming that, that people would be bitten and, and literally die, and influenza was on the rise. So in the mid-1600s, they decided, actually it was 1647, they decided, let's cancel all get-togethers. So don't get together. They also said, don't decorate anything. Don't decorate anything. Why? Because rats infested everything. So if they were hanging wreaths, guess where rats would hang out? The wreath. If they were decorating trees, guess where rats were? All up in the trees. All right? So that they were, for safety purposes, they were saying, don't go, don't do, don't, everything's canceled. Now, this is not the part of the history I want us to focus on. That caused big problems. There were major issues, and I don't mean health issues, that the people rebelled against the government. Not because you can't tell us what to do. It's, uh, yeah, we're gonna, if we're going to die, let us die decorating something. If, if I'm going to die, let me at least die doing what I enjoy. Now, it wasn't that it was a free-for-all. Here's what I'm really getting at, <clears throat> and this is huge. Tomorrow night, December the 21st, what's supposed to happen? There's a star. Um, Saturn and Jupiter align. You didn't know this was going to be science this morning, did you? <laughs> science and, and, I mean, uh, Saturn and Jupiter will align. What many will call the Christmas star, but not really. Um, for many, it's just known as winter solstice. But guess, guess when the last time, tomorrow night, we'll see it, and we'll see it in a powerful way. Guess, the, guess when the last time was that this took place? 1600s. Okay? Now, and they still, they still don't want to call it the Christmas star, even though it was the same type of, because they say even the Christmas star, going back to 7 B.C., that, that possibly the wise men would have followed, probably consisted of two or three different stars aligning in such a way that, that it, it looked like an explosion in the sky. Um, you know, this is going to sound a little weird, but you know, now with sci-fi and all that kind of stuff, you know all those gateways you have and, and things just sort of explode in the... Can't you just see this astronomical explosion and just Jesus is coming. I just wonder if that's how he's going to return. And instead of, instead of things coming in, it's a lot of people going out. Now, here, here's why I'm even starting it this morning this way. Isn't it amazing how God reminds us of who he is during the darkest times? I mean, during think about this. During the last time they canceled Christmas, the stars aligned, and people were reminded, you can't cancel Christmas. Europe, and in a great way, even America, everybody's saying, cancel, and we understand, cancel gatherings, be very careful. You know, don't even get around people. Um, the reality is, even during our pandemic, God, tomorrow night, is sending a star to align to remind us, don't think the pandemic is getting the best of you. 
Don't think things around you are getting the best of you. Understand there really is a Christmas. You can say you want to cancel it, but you can't. Now, why, why, where does that go this morning with our passage? And we're going to read out of Philippians in just a moment. But see, God is at work. Here's what I want you to hear this morning. Whatever background you come from, I don't care if you're Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterian, Wiscopalian, I don't care what you are. Slow, you're slow too, but <laughs> a little slow, but it's, uh, the bottom line is whatever background you come from, God is at work in your life even when you don't know it. If you don't even believe there's a God, and, and you may be here, you may be watching, you don't even believe there's a God, because I also understand that before I can ever get you to believe you need salvation, you need to believe that there's a God. There's a greater power, and you're not it. And that's, that's a big thing that, that men have to grapple with all the time. Because there's just something in us. Why? Because he created us in his own image. There is a part of every one of us that God has created to be a creator. But if we're not careful, the dark side of that comes out, and we think we are the creator. But God is at work. God is at work in your life, and he's continuing to work in your life, in us and through us. Why? Because he knows we need the good news. And, and even in this year of pandemic, you know, just think about it for a minute, and I, I don't want to suspend too long on this. I'm not going to preach a long time this morning, and most of you know that means nothing. <laughs> um, here's, here's, the, here's the reality when you look back over 2020, guys, there's only two more weeks of 2020. And some, some people will say, praise the Lord. Well, what's 2021 offering you right now? Okay, Here, here's my whole point. If you can't look back and see God's hand, you'll never recognize what's happening in 2021 either. So when you look back at 2020, just, just ask yourself a couple of questions real quick. Um, if you need to write them down, remember, that's fine. But, but what are some things, and we've talked about this in a couple different ways over the last few weeks, but what are some things that have happened to you that you either didn't expect or, or, or worse yet, you know they were very painful? Okay, so it's easy to point at the pandemic, but what was painful about that to you? Um, if you've lost someone, we want to pray, and, and there's a grieving process that we'll walk through, and it's painful some of you have had COVID. Some of you have wrestled through that. But in 2020, what are the things, what is the issues that, that keep cropping up that you're, you're just, this year just reminded you how messed up your life was? Okay. I thought this was going to be motivational this morning. It will. We'll get there. But how many of you experienced that, that isolation when it just it sat you down long enough for you to realize I'm not where I need to be in life. I've not surrendered like I need to surrender in this life. I'm not doing what I need to be doing in this life. I, I'm, not, I'm not living out. And, and it's not about making us feel like we're more of a failure than we thought we were initially. It's more of helping you understand God's constantly at work just nudging, lovingly nudging, pushing. Because if you were on a scale of 1 to 10, if you're a 4 and you know you're supposed to be a six, 
God has a loving way of saying, where's five? Let's get there, man. Come on. I love you, man. I, I forgive you. Stop beating yourself up. Let's move forward. Because you can be more like me. You can grow. What, what are those things in your life when you look back, they were painful? Now, let me ask you this. What are the things in 2020 that when you look back, they were exciting? They were fun. Because there's a couple of them. There's got to be a couple of them. They were fun. Those first two days when you were told to stay home from work, the first two days were fun. It was the 50th day that you were like, what's up? The fun was over, you know, 45 days ago. Okay, so what, what are the fun times? Because here's the question I want to ask. When did you really grow? During the fun times or the tough times? When did you really realize that God's up to something? During the fun times or the tough times? Now, we're not praying for anyone to have tough times. But we are praying for you to have growth. And you can't have either or. It's, it's both and. and. And the reason I'm sharing, let me, let me just read from Philippians. I'm going to try to bring this in a little bit here. Philippians chapter 1. <clears throat> Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy, because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affections of Christ Jesus. Now, what is he saying there? I think for us to, to really understand what Paul is saying when he's saying, I remember, and I'm brought to the place where I'm almost excited because he who began a good work in you will complete it. He who started something in you will complete it. But I, I want you to understand how Paul even started having to write to a church in Philippi. The church in Philippi just didn't start. If you go to Acts chapter 16... Um, and I'm not going to read from there this morning, but if you go to Acts chapter 16, you'll see a, a powerful story that Paul, and not Timothy at that time, but Paul and a man named Silas are on their way to Bithia. They think they're just doing, you know, they're living, they're living life, everything's going as normal, they're, they're doing their daily, they've got a trip planned, Paul's preaching the gospel wherever he goes. But as they're praying, the Spirit said, no, don't go there. And Paul has a vision. And in that vision, we know it as the Macedonian call. And in that vision, the man from Macedonia says, come over here and help us. Change of plans. Come help us over here. Now they get to Macedonia, which is now they're in Philippi, which is the capital of Macedonia. And while they're in Philippi, they meet this woman called Lydia, and after meeting this woman named Lydia, very prosperous woman, listen guys, 
Even in the Word of God, women can do it. All right? Women reign, okay? They meet this very prosperous woman, and she accepts this good news of Jesus Christ, and they baptize her. So already, God is moving in a, in a significant way. And while God is moving in a significant way, that Paul and Silas didn't plan to go to Philippi. But see, that's the powerful thing about, about Paul's messages also to us, is live by faith, not by sight. If God tells you to do something, do it. So, so they end up in Philippi, and they're finding themselves meeting these people. <laughs> they come across a, a young lady who is able to tell the future and able to read over people, if you will, a sorceress. And they, they heal her. Now, the problem with that, it's great that she's healed, but the problem is they stole somebody's business. It, it would be like us going downtown or, or going to any town where there's prostitution and getting all the prostitutes saved, you know who would be mad? You know, we, you might want to say the pimp, I don't know, but um, hotel business would, would shoot straight down. Hotel owners would be irate. Okay, why? Because predominantly wherever they're operating, they're using the hotels, I guess. That's what happens here. He heals this girl, Paul heals this girl, and in Acts chapter 16, all the people who were able to gain money from this girl and what she did got mad. They grab Paul and Silas. They drag him to the magistrate. They have him beaten. And listen, I, I just want to just throw this out there. We just, we just breeze over those passages where Paul is beaten. Like it's just, a, you know, Paul was beaten, thrown in jail, but God delivered him. Yeah, don't skip the beaten part too quick. Because that we, we sometimes are guilty of the same thing, amen? We want the mountaintop experience, but we forget the beating in the valley. We want the doors of the jail cell to be open, but we forget that you have to be chained to the floor first. Okay, th this is good stuff. <laughs> they were beaten, thrown in prison. But even though they were beaten, thrown in prison... Um, how many of you feel like this story sounds a little bit like your 2020? Right. Maybe not beaten down physically, but beaten down financially. Your business has been beaten down. Relationships have been beaten down. And what if we approached it like Paul and Silas? When they were beaten down and thrown into prison, they weren't saying, you know, I regret that we even, why did we even answer that guy's call? We didn't, it was a dream. We made a mistake. Yeah, the girl got healed, but I wish I'd never met her. No, they weren't saying that. You know what they were doing? While they were chained to the floor of the prison, they were singing songs and praising God. They were singing and praising God. What steals our praise? What steals our praise? I can tell you. I'm just I'm wanting you to think about it for a second. You, you know what steals our praise? Things get inconvenient. Um, that pandemic. But John, don't you think this is a big deal? Yeah. It was a big deal in the 1600s too, but God gave us a sign. Tomorrow night, God's going to give us another sign. 
Well, Pastor John, come on. The stars line up all the time, right in the middle of your darkness. Um, what, what would it be like if you just decided, you know what? I'm not going to depend on the things I've been depending on. I am going to just start singing praises where I am. I'm not going to wait till things get better before I praise God. I'm not going to wait till things get more convenient until I praise God. I'm not going to wait until the pain goes away before I praise God. I'm not going to wait until I get the raise before I praise God. You see, sometimes praise is what releases the chains. Praise is what opens the door to the next opportunity. Praise is what opens the door for other people to see that what you do, you're serious about. Can I, can I just really be real blunt this morning? Nobody, nobody really takes our faith seriously anyway. Now, I'm talking to an American church right now. An American church that has something about, you know, we, we read our Bibles with a black highlighter. And I was talking to somebody about this this week, or they were sharing with me. And we just sort of, we get to the parts of, of the scripture that we like, and we leave those. But then we, um, let's see, oh, I'm crossing that one out. I don't like that one. Um, oh, take up your cross. No, 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 there is a cross. I'm crossing that one out. I just, where am I delivered? Okay, I'm leaving that. Ask that you will. Ask anything in my name you'll receive it. I'm leaving that one. Take up my cross. I'm crossing that one out again. See, we want to pick and choose what we like out of the word of God. Now, I'm not saying that to attack anyone, but, but listen, that, that would be like saying you're a bodybuilder, but you never lift weights. You're not building anything. You, 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 you are trying to do something great, but you don't do it the right way. I, 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 want, to, I want to have a nice family, but I'm not going to put the work in. I want to have a nice job, but I don't plan on being there. I want to do things right, but not the right way. And, and I'm not, this is not about legalism. This is, this is pure and simple. The reason that the world looks at us and is not afraid of, of us maybe holding truth in our hands is because usually when they see us and we're chained to a floor, we're not praising, we're crying. Nobody knows. Um, why me, Lord? Now, and please, I, I, that was, that's my blunt part. Because there's not a person in here who hasn't said that. Because in the darkest hours, we all say, God, what's up? In the prison floors of our life, we've all said, Lord, I don't deserve this. I, it wasn't my fault. What's going on? But here's, here's the, the challenge for us today on this passage right here, right now. If there's a 2020 in your life, how will you respond? When you get locked up, when you get isolated, when things don't work out the way you plan, you were following God. But things don't work out the way you plan, and you are chained in circumstances you never thought you'd be in. You're, you're having to live and endure. Am I making any sense? In circum, what if this is the new norm? Oh, I can't, I can't handle this. Well, what are you going to do? I mean, like, if, if we could have changed something, we would have changed something, right? Well, Pastor, that's, that doesn't sound like faith to me. 
I'm telling you, it is about faith. Because what if nothing really changes? Can you still praise the Lord? Can you still give him praise? Can, what if the chains, whether it's finances, relationships, you know, but pastor, if, if my job doesn't change, I'm going to be miserable. Then the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength, not your circumstances. Right? Am I making any sense? You know, and, I, and listen, it's like uh, Tisha just said, well, pastor, God's not called us to be miserable. Exactly. Exactly. You're the one choosing to be miserable, but you don't know what's happened to me. It doesn't matter what's happened to you. We are knocked down, but not destroyed. He's called us to be overcomers, but you're not an overcomer without a fight. And even in the midst of the fight, it, let's say you get knocked down. What do you do? You get back up. Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just miserable though, and I, you know, God does not tell us. You know, Jesus even tells us in John chapter 15, in this world you will never have tribulation. In this world you will have tribulation. So he says, in this world you will have tribulation. Be miserable. No, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make us feel insignificant today, but in the grand scheme of things, your life is that much. That much. Out of the billions of people on this planet, you're one of them. That much. God loves all of us. God knows the plans that he has for us. Not, not, to, not to, to be beaten down. Our circumstances are just that, circumstances. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Now listen, here's where I'm going with this this morning. Because Paul and Silas could have easily said, you know what? This stinks. I'm not, I'm not doing this. But they were praising God. I just wonder, I'm going to stay here for one more second. I just wonder what it would be like if we just decided to start praising God in the midst of our circumstances. No matter what we're going through, just live lives of praise. Live lives of thanksgiving. Being grateful. Well, pastor, I, I just lost my job. Be grateful that you even had one. Well, pastor, um, you know, my son-in-law lost his grandmother about two weeks ago. And when I was talking to him, because she died, she was living in California, so nobody's traveling to California right now. But I said, Brian, how are you doing? He said, man, I'm blessed. Here's what I do know, that before she passed away, she accepted Jesus Christ. He said, it's not about if we were hoping she could live longer, it was hoping she would know life. See, we just want to live nice and live longer and live better. And the good news is that you can live eternally, free from your sin, free from bondage, free from the guilt, free from the shame. If most of us in this room won the lottery, you'd be just as miserable. Just, you'd be just as miserable, but with a higher income bracket. Yeah. Now, some of you are saying, well, I'd like to give it a shot. I mean... Um, if I'm going to be miserable, let me at least work through that myself. And I just want to throw this out there. Pay your tithes, okay? <laughs> pay your tithes before you get too miserable. 
But it's like thinking that you're going to move into a bigger house and be happier. You know what you do? You move your junk from the house you're in to a bigger house. And there's fresh paint, same junk. You, you buy a car thinking you're going to be happier. Now you're just driving around miserable, owing more money. And, and honestly, I'm not trying to be sarcastic this morning when I say this, because even some that are watching need to hear this. We're going to spend Christmas, if we're not careful, trying to buy people things they don't even like. We're going to be trying to buy ourselves things that we don't need, but we're just trying to make somebody happy or make ourselves happy, and it will last as long as it takes to get it unwrapped. Because then parents, parents, here's how you're already thinking, where am I going to put all the toys now? You don't even have room to put the toys they've got. And grandma and granddaddy are, are bringing bear. I mean, they're bringing a carload of stuff. And you're already stressed over where to put the stuff. See, there's nothing very, very um, celebratory if we're honest. Because if we miss Christmas, it's being canceled anyway. If, if you miss what it's all about, you might hang a wreath and you might decorate a tree, but you still missed it. On the other hand, Paul, here, here's the key here. That while they're praying and while they're singing, there's an earthquake. Now, I know how some of us are. Great. What can go? How can it get any worse here? It just did an earthquake. But see, this earthquake opened the prison doors. Their chains fell off. All the prison doors were open. And the jailer was awakened, and he was so fearful because all he saw was open doors, which for him meant prisoners are gone. He started to commit suicide. And Paul shouted, stop. We're all here. Now think of all the different scenarios that are playing out right there. What shouldn't be was. What could have been wasn't. Think about the what should have and could have happened in 2020 but didn't because of God's grace at work in your life and you didn't even know it. Now, I'm not just trying to throw stuff out this morning. I, I need you to understand we miss God's hand in, in our lives so many times if we're not careful. He, he says stop. He goes home with this guy and he baptizes him and his entire family and now this, what is the significance here? This is how the church is started. This becomes the church at Philippi. This becomes who Paul is writing to called the Philippians. Okay? This is how it started. So how did the church in Philippi start? Paul gets beat up, preaching the gospel, healing someone, doing good things. Paul gets beat up. I just want to emphasize that. We skip over it. Paul gets beaten. It cost him something. It was painful. This life will not be pain-free, guys. This life will not be pain-free. It may be a broken heart or a broken leg, but something's getting broken. I have a funny feeling it needs to be our will. Because if we're, if we're in a place in our life that we think we've got it all together, God will show you. Yeah. 
So, let's wrap this up. Somebody give me a good amen. amen. Say, please, please, Lord, help him wrap it up quick. Um, <clears throat> last March, there was a little boy named Alex Myers who he and his family live in Punta Gorda, Florida. Last March, he was diagnosed with an operable brain cancer, nine years old. And instead of he and his family sitting back and saying, woe is me, he found himself in a situation, even at nine years old, he looked around at all the patients around him, all children, and he realized that during COVID and during, because now it's, by this time he's gone through all of his treatments, it's around August, and he's like, you know what? Not only am I seeing kids who have families, I'm seeing kids who don't have families. I'm, now, this is a nine-year-old kid. I know men who can't think like this. A nine-year-old child. But see, I, I also believe that's why God wants to sit us down and get us settled so we can see things around us rather than blurring through life at breakneck speed and missing opportunities, even if it costs us something. And so this nine-year-old boy, Alex, he sees all these children. Some have families, some do not have families. He, he's back and forth at home. He's hearing the stories of nurses and doctors who are struggling through this whole pandemic thing. He's obviously having to live through it himself as a young child. And so by the end of September, he says, you know what? The brain cancer he had became tumors in his brain that were pressing against his not, uh, optic nerves. So he could, he could barely see, but he could still see. Here was his goal in life. He said, I want to see children smile, even during the pandemic. So I'm going to start collecting toys. His goal was to collect a thousand toys just to give to kids so they would smile. Just to give to kids during dark times so it would be a sign that there's hope. Just to, now listen, don't get nervous. We're not doing a toy drive in 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm just saying, what if, what if in the middle of your pain, God was trying to get you to see something other than your pain? What if, what if your, see, Alex's prison was cancer. What's yours? Alex's prison was inoperable cancer. Nothing we can do for you, John. You're stuck here. <laughs> I was talking to Pastor Nick last week, and just about pastoring, and when people plant churches, and, and we were just talking, you know, and because, you know, a lot of people think that we don't, we only work one day a week anyway, so we sit around during the week and talk a lot. And we were just talking about the fact that if people really take pastors sincere, it's because they know they're locked in to where they are. And so we talk about things like buying houses that, that proves you're going to live here. But I, I heard long a long time ago from a gentleman that I really respect in ministry. And he said, if you really want people to really believe that you're locked in for the long haul, good, bad, ugly, buy grave lots. He said, because when you buy a house, you're saying, I want to live here. But when you buy grave lots, you're saying, I'm going to die here. I'm committed. 
good, bad, or ugly. I'm not, I'm not leaving. I own grave lots. I'm not leaving if things have happened to be bad. I'm not going to desert because this is where I'm dying. Does that make sense? And see, we, we find ourselves in situations where we're always looking for the out rather than looking for the way. What's your prison? The, if this sermon had a title this morning, because I took it out of the... Because when Europe canceled Christmas, I said, this is too easy. Because you can't cancel Christmas. Christmas is not canceled. But it's in the midst of it, will you miss it? It may not be an operable, an operable brain cancer, but what is your prison that's stopping you from seeing what can be? What is your pandemic that's stopping you from seeing? See, tomorrow night is a physical sign that could remind us, because you didn't hang that star. He did. You know, he, you, you know, we decorate a tree. He decorated the universe. So tomorrow night, you'll be able to see two stars align that will be very bright that I hope in the middle of your darkness reminds you, yeah, there, there was a Christmas. You can cancel getting together, but you'll never cancel Christmas. And I'm coming again. Now, this may seem overly simplistic to some of you, but it's as simple as this. You receive his gift and walk it out, or you fight it, and even in your suffering, You'll, you, it'll be difficult to celebrate even when things are good and even in your suffering, never see a way out. But when you accept the good news of Jesus Christ, even in your suffering, it's amazing what a blessing you want to be. Just to see someone smile. Everybody smile. Even with your mask on, you got to smile. <laughs> I want to encourage you today. Am I making sense this morning? So uh, here, here's the great takeaway today. You ready? See God in the dark places. God is at work in your prison. God is at work in your home. God is at work in your business. Well, pastor, I don't see him. Um, start praising. Live a life of praise. Live a life of thanksgiving. Live a life. Well, pastor, you know, I don't want to seem silly. And I'm not, this is not, you know, if we're not talking about silly, look at Paul and Silas chained to a floor in a prison. Singing and praising God. That's silly. That's silly. All right? So here's, here's what I want us to do in closing. I want us to just ask God, God, what are you speaking to me about? And fill in the blank. And instead of it being, God, get me out of this prison, what if it's you see a jailer? And instead of making sure you get out of that prison... You're even willing to stop and help a jailer before you leave the prison. What if it's instead of getting out of your diagnosis and it doesn't look good? What if, if, if you're just not so preoccupied with bless me, bless me, bless me, that you become a bless them? And even in the middle of your suffering, people see Jesus. I, I'm just... The Holy Spirit's going to have to talk to each of you very, very differently. But I know he will. Would you stand? <clears throat> I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, you are already, 
moving in and among us, speaking to us so clearly. Lord, and even as humans, even sometimes if we're trying to brush it off, Holy Spirit, you are so lovingly saying, try. But you'll meet us in the parking lot. You'll meet us at home. When we put our head on our pillow at night, you'll still be speaking to us. And Lord, I pray this morning that, that what we're hearing is that great things come out of every aspect of our life if we keep our eyes on you. Lord, who would have thought a church would start in Philippi, but you used Paul to do it? Who would have thought that through a pandemic, some of the things that you have birthed in some of us are going to be starting and be fulfilled? But Lord, it's, it's really up to us to live a surrendered life to you so we can see it be fulfilled. Lord, I firmly believe that even in this year that so many can't wait for it to be over. I believe this year, so many things we will look back and see things that have been birthed. Things that will come to fulfillment. You remind us by sending that simple little alignment of stars. <laughs> that even in the 1600s, you reminded them, no, um, this may be dark, but here's some light. I want to remind you that I came. And I'm coming again. Lord, in, in our 2020, that so many feel like this is our darkest hour. Tomorrow night, you're just going to remind us, just a little reminder, that we could never concoct on our own. Here's some light. I just wonder, Lord, what it would be like if we really allowed you to lead, guide, and direct. Lord, I, I speak um, that you allow us to walk away from our preferences and pursue you. That we allow ourselves to see, not in locked into circumstances, but locked into opportunities. And then walk it out by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, this may not sound grandiose to a lot of people, but I believe these simple steps of faith as we close out this year are going to release miracles in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I love you. Um, as you're leaving today, we are packing the backpacks in the fellowship hall, the cafe, or if you can hit that angel tree and, and be a part of that, please get that back to us this week as quickly as possible. God bless you. This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com slash media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.